It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. One is going mad in March, trying to narrow the field down to 16 and then four. This is Patrick Racy for the Canopy Group, and they have their savory 16. The Canopy Group has 16 different insurance companies giving options to provide you the best home and auto insurance coverage at the best price. At the Canopy Group, their tournament never ends. They continue to use their 16 different companies to match you with the company providing the best coverage at the best price, and they do this annually. Get the game. Contact the Canopy Group and get them working on your brackets. Bracketology is not foolproof for home and auto insurance. The sure bet is on the Canopy Group, saving you an average $810 on your home and auto insurance. That's every year. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Always fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Patrick Roycey. There's so damn We're much. We're day late, but you get, plenty to talk about. Yes. Where's there's so damn much going on? Yep. I got to apologize for the, uh, the uh, today's uh, edition of uh, Judd, Declan, and Mackey. I was uh, discussing. I, like I was discussing uh, Tiger Woods' arrival on Tuesday at Augusta, thinking he was coming for the dinner. That's next week. So uh, the tournament. I was. Oh. I was. I was all of a sudden thinking, "Hey, I forgot this was March. Yep. This is not Augusta week. That's next week. The tournament. So he's going to try it out. He's going to go. Yeah, hit hit him around and try to play. And boy, are they rooting for him at Augusta. That oh, will. <laughs> that will only uh, what quadruple the TV ratings at say, least when yeah. he's there Thursday and Friday before he misses the cut and goes home. But Godson for. CBS. But of course, I, I can say that about Tiger. But uh, he does uh, some incredible things, including the first time he showed up there as a pro, and it was all about Tiger, Tiger, Tiger's here. Mm-hmm. And he shot forty on the front side, four over par, and we were scoffing at him. Look at him. He shot 30 on the back and won by 12. <laughs> you weren't laughing anymore. No, we weren't. And uh, that was, of course, when Augusta, some of the locals, as let's say, that it, it, it was just starting to become this phenomenon when the big money northerners would come in and scalp all the tickets and the, the, old, the old patrons, as they called them, would sell their tickets. But it was still a lot of patrons whose... Uh, when this young uh, fellow of uh, uh, can can what do he call himself Campbell Cannabisian or something because he had seven uh, things in his background, 
they were still he was still getting mild applause when he mm-hmm. hit it on the green back then. There were some folks having well. uh, having a little trouble with it, but. By Sunday, they were roaring because uh, they had no choice. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he won by twelve. One of the I saw from him, and I don't know why I'm doing this because I probably forget to do it next week. But I think two of the five or six most amazing athletic achievements I've ever seen was him and Augusta that first time winning by twelve. Uh-huh. But even more so at Pebble Beach in two thousand. When he was twelve under par, on on Pebble Beach, and the next and the second place finisher Ernie Els was three over par. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he handled a golf course that was basically unplayable and shot twelve under par. That to me is the greatest greatest sports achievement. I don't. I'm not talking about physical, right? You know, exertion. But the greatest sports achievement was that I ever had a chance to cover was him winning it by 15 at Pebble Beach in the U.S. Open. Breaking a record, I believe, that was set in 1892 or some damn thing, you know. Really? When when Billy Brew beat Bobby, you know, right. somebody. I mean, back then when you had... He had sixteen players playing with hickory shafts. That's what he. That's the record he broke. So, I'd have to look up and see what the record was. But uh, I know. I think it was the record, biggest margin in a Grand Slam, a major event. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it went back to old Tom Morris beating young Tom Morris in, <laughs> in Scotland in eighteen seventy or some damn thing. So, uh, so anyway, it would be great if, uh, and you know, even those of us who. Uh, Get sick of the idea that he's the whole, you know, that he's the whole world of golf still because he's not. But it would, you know, this this time we're all rooting for him, right? Yeah, it's a great story. Because he damn near killed himself. I'd appreciate it if he'd come in and tell the true story of what the hell happened. Uh, was he, oh, with the car he, accident? Did he yeah. fall asleep? Was he on the cell phone? Was he, uh, what was he doing? You know, I'm on about with all his physical problems that he was drowsy. Could have been could have had uh, could have been waking up from uh, some sleep aids, right? You yeah, know, that's with, what I'm saying. With, yeah. with his pain, yeah. No, with I think he pain. takes. I think he's probably on a and, lot of stuff to control his pain. Yes, and you're right. And uh, you know, some you know. Plus, I, I I I can't believe though that he would be driving somewhere at seven in the morning to do an ad. If I was him, oh God, I, 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 Golf Digest, it'd be on my time. Yeah, well, I'll be there at noon, and you wouldn't be driving. <laughs> no, I'd say send the limo at noon. Yes, that's true. And you, you can drive me. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah. So, but then again, he might have been coming from a different location. Hey, Who where, knows? <laughs> where does he rank in in your career as far as not just greats, but almost like the Shakespearean? You know, he's had so many. Mm-hmm. ups and downs and he's a child protege you yeah, know there's, yeah right it's such a hell of a story yeah, it is a great story probably yeah i mean he's you I mean, know denny's he's, waitresses Pat. He's, he's not he's number one that's the like to me is the flaws are, it, it's the number one being covering sports and you know a fair share of it on the major league level now on the major league level as, as bert would say thanks bert it was bert would say you want to talk about rolling the fact, the fact that people were shocked 
to discover Tiger Woods might have strayed from his vows. It's always amazes me right. that the image that people allow themselves to adopt of a, I mean, Kirby, God love him. Right. But people, people finding out that uh, Kirby might have uh, broke his marriage vows too uh, is, uh, they're big league athletes. Right. You know, they, none of them could be trusted. The only reason the rest of us can be trusted is we have no options. That's why we're men. Okay. We can't be trusted. Can we get that out of the way, you know, and, and not judge, you know, judge that. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, you're right. It is, it is Shakespearean. And then I think if he has one regret, it would be that he got up and did that painful apology that his agent and Callaway and everybody else tried to get him to make. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been better off just saying, yeah, well, you know, is what it is. Right. I'm getting divorced. Right. You know? Yeah. And not, not do those. His flaws are just those, so public. Yeah. Not do those painful, you know, not yeah, do that's those, true. Not, it's none of your business. You know, I flew in a buxom right. lady to Australia. Yeah, okay, but, right. And you know, it's none of your business. Well, I think if he was seen as such about- a he was seen as such a saint, and then that was disproven. And I think he felt the need to try and, or somebody felt the need to gloss over that, and there was no gloss. Yeah, there were all the people, right. all the people he had fighting to keep stuff out of the National Enquirer. If he wouldn't have fought it, he would have been better. You know, ah, okay, you know, right. It'll it'll be up to Elon, you know. Don't, you know. I mean, Elon. Uh, she had to be damn naive. She couldn't have believed that. She couldn't have believed well, he. Was, oh, yeah, I'm going to Vegas for a week. I'm going to. Uh, I'm sure she knew. Uh, yeah, but well, then why is she chasing him down the, the yeah, driveway? Man. Well, maybe because it was the neighbor girl. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah, the, he, the, he, the he might have crossed. He might have crossed the, baby, the point. The babies. Yeah. The, baby, yeah. the babysitter climbing through the window might have been. Uh, might have been high there on the list of uh, offenses, right? But uh, I'm sure she had a breaking point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's doing okay. She's doing fine. I saw there. I told you when I was at Louis, I saw the two yachts. Yeah. Tiger's was... yacht and the and the and her new boyfriend's yacht was bigger than Tiger's, Tiger's yacht. yacht. Yep. So she's doing okay. But it's it's funny that <laughs> after that acrimonious split. Their yachts were parked in the same uh, same bay there down there below Louis uh, Louis place. Louis, I don't think has a yacht yet though, right? I love I the fact that Louis even lives has a place there. <laughs> yes, though. looking down there. Yeah, well, what a life! There is nobody that I'm happier for to have money than Louis because he enjoys it so damn much. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, you know. The guy that has money and sits around and counts it every day. Oh. I don't like Louie ain't counting it. He's out spending it. You know, he's. I told you when he bought the place up in the North Woods. I'm not going to repeat the figure, but you know, I said that couldn't have been cheap. Gave me the price just like that. <laughs> Gave me, you know, probably dropped an F bomb too. Cost me this bleeping much. Yeah, but he's got the and now he's built a you know he's hey. got the grandkid. I mean, it's like grandkid central up there in the you know they just oh he loves life. Yeah, yeah, he's he great. He love life. loves life. I always say, he's Louis, great, Louis. We don't know that ever. He's still working, by the way. He's still a head hunter. Yes. You oh know? yeah. Oh, he won't he's, give that he's up. He's still a head hunter, but that's because work and vacation are the same. Right. 
They're the same. Well, yeah, because tra- yes. <laughs> they're identical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my wife still is. You know, when we were in Valderrama in '97, and I had her stay in a in a hobble, and Louis and 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 Francine and their guests were staying in the Marbella Club. You know, <laughs> and and they had a deck, and underneath us was the Mediterranean slapping up onto the shore. So we had dinner with them. Like <laughs> she'd say, she'd go. To, course with me. I wouldn't get out of there till nine at night. Can we go have dinner with Louie again? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, Louie's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great that Louie has money. Cause you know, he's, when you're a hustler like that and you enjoy it that much yes. and you got he, the grandkids and the whole crew, you should have money. He right? still does the, the state high school hockey tournament. I think approximately 20 years after he retired from it. Yes, yes. You remember he said, I'm well, done. I think, how many years has he said? 50 now? Is oh, he he's done? way over 50 now. Is he over 50? Yeah, he hit 50 like 10 years. He's about, he's about near 60. Now, and this year he did damn near all of them, right? He did. He well, doesn't do the class A. Good for class. him. But, but he does. But he basically does, I think, the entire class double A. Oh, he was. And he still gets excited. He was so excited about the after. I, I talked to him after the first period of Andover and Maple Grove. Oh, it's marvelous. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah, it was it. great. Yeah. He was right. And he was this Andover team. I said, "Yeah, I think you're right." I said, "They're be they're behind, but they're a little better." And uh, but yeah, he was as excited as he's ever been, and it's uh, so anyhow. Yeah, Tigers, drama wise, what his impact is when he shows up. I mean, I was at a few of the Tiger celebrations, but to be at that one when he won. What well, what did he win in Atlanta there, Declan? Where like Declan walked Declan, away. When when he was walking across that bridge and you know, they had the bridge over it, there had to be fifty thousand people out there just going insane because he was he was gonna win and uh I mean to come back up from nowhere that's the thing about him. Comeback wise. He's only a couple behind Vern Gagne now, isn't he? Well, that's <laughs> yeah, the thing, yeah. yeah. That, but that's what makes it so great. Yes, right. And that's where I think people like him again now because mm-hmm. he's faced so much adversity. We talked about it uh, earlier today, but uh, I have more interest in the women's. I'm going to be covering the women's Final Four, and I, I was fine with that. Uh, but I have yeah. more interest than ever now after watching Paige Becker's oh. last night. What a finish. What a finish. What a What a clutch effort from someone who you know just on she's playing on the greatest franchise in sports uh-huh. yet right mm-hmm. UConn basketball 14 straight final fours yep. uh and they won their first one here in 95 uh and they've got now got 11 but to see someone on that team yep. with those with all these McDonald's All Americans be that important, you know, to, you know, what I mean, you got great players, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have her, right, from some other right. planet against the, uh, the stretch. They look to her to save them, yes, and right. they're great. Yeah. And there was a couple of quotes like that, too. And, and the, the one teammate I appreciated in Chip's piece today, it was a great, it had to be. You go to an event like that, you can fly in for an event like that. And eighty percent of the time, you get disappointed, right? And it, this is a big basket of 
greatness handed handed yes. to Bean there, and it makes the whole trip worthwhile. Obviously, but one of her teammates put her eyes. She said. You know, when the game's on the line, the basket gets this big for her, and she put her arms around, you know, like you're putting your arms around. She was incredible. God and nothing phases her. No, no, no. And uh, as I said, uh, the free throws were, I mean, she makes all the jump shots, right? But, right? but free throws in clutch time that have no drama, we didn't, you know, we got guys in the NCAA final in the try to get to the you know, in the Sweet 16, and they say he's an 84% free throw shooter and bang, you oh, know, yeah. short, oh, college? Ar- short armament, you know, clanging out after making them all year. She go, what, 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 six of them. She's got that weird <laughs> look that mm-hmm. almost says nothing, like like she's not processing what, mm-hmm. no, what normal people would be. Yes. Which is, oh my God, there's a lot of pressure. And... She's so good, she can do it without ego. The one I only saw her once in high school. I was going to go see her in a final game, and then they blew it off. You know, they didn't play, which yeah, saved which, COVID, right? which saved Farmington a thirty point loss. But I saw <laughs> her play Farmington that year, which was the team they were going to end up playing in the finals, and they ended up winning by twenty. But she was surrounded by mostly underclassmen, but Division One recruits, and she had no need to. Say okay, I got to get my forty. You know, I think she got twenty that night because she was passing. You know, she was she was more than happy to let the others, uh, the other really yeah. really good players, be the show. She doesn't she doesn't need forty two. You know, but she'll get it if she has to. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she's uh, she just appears to be a fantastic teammate as well as a you know a just uh, you know. Kind of, I, I was hoping to see her and the kid from Iowa go at it, but uh, Iowa got they're, they're, bounced a they while ago. Second round by what Clayton. Happened there? They, they, that was bad. But uh, you know, there's this kid out at uh, Wyzetta who everybody wants now. Uh, no, uh, not what am I talking about? Benil. Benil. Yeah. Olson. Because yeah, we produce basketball players like there's no going Olson, and she's a sophomore. And I was talking to Whalen about. Well, I guess I can't quote her on this, right? Because she's still trying to recruit her. But I was talking to her about something else <laughs> yesterday. But people say that she's like the next Beckers, but I can't see it yet because she's a sophomore. And But, A, the night I went and watched her, you know, Beckers was playing with three other Division One recruits and – yeah, and this kid's playing with a bunch of underclassmen who are out of control, yeah. you know. And well, so and it, Beckers might just you, be special. Yeah, and when you throw and and when Olson throws him the passes, there's a fifty percent chance they're not going to catch it. You know, yeah. you, you look a lot better as a playmaker if you make the play and then someone executes it. Finish. Are you saying Benilde St. Margaret's isn't filled with no, all D one players? I think they're going to be really good because they're all a bunch of underclassmen, but they. The uh, some of her teammates must mature mm. in their games, and they also must say, "Okay, I want her. <laughs> this is a big part of the game. Let's let her yeah. have the ball. Yeah, she can win. Let she her, can win or lose. And it let herself. her make something happen instead of me putting my head down and trying to run through four people. Right. But, uh, but anyway, it it is. Uh, it it. I mean, just the. What it's done for the having the final four here and getting the public 
interested because if if Paige Beckers was coming home, it'd be okay. But if Paige with Paige Beckers coming home after last night, yes, it becomes a multiple multiplied event, right? So it's three ones, and then UConn's the only second seed. Second made it, right? seed, and uh, the team that. It's not exactly an underdog story right. when you're hearing for the 14th straight team, 14th straight time. Which I mean, I was saying early that it was nice to see some upsets in the women's basketball tournament, but in the end, it's pretty damn predictable. That's mm-hmm. one of their big problems. Mm-hmm. You know, so, although, although I like when top seeds make it. Yes, I do. I too. don't like a lot I mean, of Saint, Cinderella story Saint sneaking Peter's through. Peter's was great. Right? What a what a fine Cinderella story until somebody guarded them. Right. <laughs> you know, and they were. But that's the thing about that. Like it it's fun. Work. Early round yes, upsets yes, are right. fun, but if those teams actually break through. Yeah, a lot of times it's just disappointing. Oh, I was perfectly happy to see St. Peter's knock off Kentucky. That's a good enough story that Calipari, with all these yep. well, well compensated uh, stars, plays like a bunch of idiots down the stretch, and all he can do is sit there and growl at them instead of saying, "Okay, let's calm this thing down and you know, run though, something." That's the thing about last night's game, and and that's the difference I think between. The men's game now in college and, and like, the game that we saw last night, Pat. That was a fun game last night, and they didn't play like a bunch of idiots. Yes. Like, there's so many men's games yeah. that are just out of control now, it feels and, like. you know, I hate games that have 40 fouls in them and 50. Yep. But the men's game has really gotten mm-hmm. physical. I mean, it's... They're bumping people off their routes. And we're going and for replays constantly. Yeah, like yeah, that game yeah. last night to me was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, did we even have one? I don't think did I we, saw one player twirling our yes. finger. That should doing this should be technical. Yep. 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 Technical. You tell me what to do. I'll, technical. I'll I like that. decide. Yeah, well that's what I've always said in like football. It. That's what I've always said in football. When a, the receiver gets up and goes for a flag. 15 yards on sportsmanlike conduct. That'll take care of that idiot. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, you know, and this, yeah, this should, the, the next rule should be you cannot signal for a replay. Yep. You know, boom. So basketball, though, is basketball has a problem in all levels because it's unofficial. You can't officiate it, mm-hmm. right? Because you you can't officiate it with all the rules, right? Right. So, uh, so the the officiating by definition is going to be sketchy, right? Right. And then we bitch after every call. NBA's got the worst problem, but it's the same way in college. the The constant complaining about officiating does not is a bad luck too. Mm-hmm. And games being decided by people walking to a line and shooting uncontested is—I uh, mean, it's got issues, that's for sure. But uh, you know, when it's good, like it was last night, that shot, that gal—if NC State wins that game, that shot that she, that that thing she threw up towards the roof yep. that came down smooth as crazy was unbelievable. Becker's had a great reaction to that too. Like what the heck? It was incredible. It was it nuts was, that they were going back it, and forth like yeah. that. She threw it way up. Anyway, it was uh, that was that was very fun. Uh, so, uh, Chris Archer, yes, 
I did not have time to look it up, but the number of pitchers who've come back from thoracic outlet syndrome yes. is uh, very, very minimal. That's what Phil Hughes battled and yes. didn't really come no, back from no, ever. Never came close. Never came close. And, uh, it's, you know, Chris Archer used to throw hard, too, and he he's coming back as a, is a junk balling right-hander. But, uh, you know, the fact you saw him in workouts – and your medical people cleared them. I guess they, you know, they they they've brought these guys in like Anibal and yep. guys like that that they think they think can fix them. But with Archer, it's just physical. You know, this is not a, you know, if I can get Anibal to throw more sliders, emphasize that he's got a good pitch. Blah blah. This is physical. Mm-hmm. This is. And there's all like Homer Bailey. It was physical, mm-hmm. you know, and he pitched once for you. I I, I don't see what the uh, – Josh Winder, who they're going to send out, has way better stuff than Chris Archer. But he doesn't have the experience. Well, what what experience does Archer have for the last five years, you know? Not good ones. Right. <laughs> you know, he hasn't had a – yeah, so it's not – you know, I did just, you know, I. Yeah, he might just be broken down by this yeah, point. Yeah, what, Tommy what John, that's thoracic right. outlet that's syndrome. Right. Yeah, so, them, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he, what, he pitched six games last year, right? Yeah, I think that's six right. Six games, yeah. He also, uh, Pat, I remember when he was here in 2018, I think it was 18 or 19. Um, he He's like Carlos Correa. He loves the Minnesota restaurant scene. Oh, Archer does he? does. he loved uh, Bachelor Farmers, which was one of the first oh, COVID casualties of really? the restaurant yes, scene. Yes, yes. I think he he told a story of how I think there was a game in eighteen or nineteen. Kepler took Archer deep. I think like three times or two times in a game mm-hmm. had a big day against him, and he sent over a bottle of wine to Kepler. And I think Kepler either sent it back or did something equally as goofy back at the restaurant because he was also at Bachelor Farmer. Mm-hmm. But uh, both him, I think, and Correa will be enjoying some Juicy Lucy's together if they uh, indeed are. Correa, Correa, though, can stop with, with that. The juicy Lucy's. Yes, he oh, brings yeah. it up well, every time I, I told now. you that uh, my friend. I Richard, appreciate that. But. I told you my friend Richard Justice, who's been in Houston for a long time after yeah. being other places. I texted him right away, and I said, what are we getting? He said, good guy, very manipulative. Interesting. <laughs> and he's... He's got our. He likes to hug. He's got our young crew of uh, of sports writers down there already embracing him. Oh, so boy. he'll he'll be oh, able, yeah. he'll be able to schmooze. He I hugged know, Joe Schmidt for Christ's sake. Schmidt, he's sixty or something years yeah, old. Oh yeah, Don't, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's yeah, he's but you know, if he can hit and play shortstop, oh, I, you don't care. I don't really care. That's that's it. It, it might be a good thing we don't have as much. Uh, uh, locker room, a clubhouse access right now because now I don't know if he'd probably not be a guy who stood there, but uh, yeah, he's going to BS you. All right, yeah, and and he's going to tell you how much he loves Minnesota, and then he's going to opt out on October third. Right. And whatever. I'm not going to blame him one bit. No, hell, I'm going to say you and go. We know that. I have no problem with him opting out. I have no problem. I just don't want to read all summer. Well, boy, I'd like to stay here. Oh, you'll be you know, I, I know. I'll you'll, read it. You'll be reading And everybody that. will be thinking, whoever writes it will be thinking they're getting a scoop. You know, it's all BS. Scott Boris has never had a player that he didn't take the free agency when he had the opportunity. Okay. Just, just, 
Anything Boris tells you, God love him. He's he's just spinning it. Yep. And this kid is a, you know, this guy appears to uh, be a pretty good spinner himself. So this is the prom queen taking the high school geek. Mm-hmm. To a dance, and you know yeah, what? The geek I'm thinks, more than happy to go. Yeah, and the geek is, uh, and the geek thinks she's in love with him and might marry him. Whatever no, it no. is, it works for me. You're the best for I, one summer. You're the best I could do right now. This is a buddy. summer fling. <laughs> yes, That's what this is. is. Make yes, no it, mistake. It's yes, a summer it fling. It is. And uh, fall will be um, a reality. Show. I do hope they have a chance to hang around. Uh, so far, Ober looks good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other kid looks good. Ryan looks good. Uh, we don't know about Bundy and uh, Sonny Gray. Apparently, Sonny was uh, too much for our minor leaguers uh, yesterday over there. at the. Uh, I saw I gave up a dinger, but I think that was about it, right? Yeah, he struck out seven out of eight or some guys. Or Bundy seven. is just... Um, it's a mystery, but, he's, right. yeah, but they're going to give him a shot, you know. But they uh, they could use a lefty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like a rotation that's, I mean, there's other things to not like about this rotation, <laughs> but I don't like a rotation without a lefty. But then again, as I said earlier, yep. the first month of the season are going to be unrecognizable as far as baseball is concerned. Right. It's, you oh, know, God. Sonny Gray's first start, he'll pitch opening day probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He'll, right he'll go two innings, strike out five, and that'll be it. He'll be gone. This will be. This is this isn't April seventh. This is March seventh. Mm-hmm. This is the way we see it in the start of the exhibition season. Oh, he went two innings okay. today. He's building it up. That's what we're going to see. Oh, Fifteen be... pitchers. See, because originally the they were saying originally they were saying that it was going to be twenty seven, not twenty eight. No, it's twenty eight. Yeah, it's twenty eight. And, and no limit on pitchers. Not until May first, May second, right? or May second, okay. May second. I think May second. Then you can only have thirteen. So the opener is going to last forever. So does Shohei count against him as a pitcher? He'd have to, right? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think he would. Yeah, you can't have an extra guy. I did see the the new DH rule. Yeah, I have no. I hear some people complaining. So I have if no, I have Shohei no, DH is, he can stay the in the game. To, if you want the pitcher to keep hitting, I don't see any problem with that. Do you? I've, it's a it's a little break it's of a, all baseball's problems. Very, yeah, I, very, I am getting hung up on that one. It's a very small break from tradition. I was listening last yesterday, I think, to, to the baseball network just to see if any news was occurring. And you might not find it there, Pat. No, I know they just Harold was breaking something down. Just, no, no, they. they oh, I'm on, serious on the radio. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, I do like that. And My and bad. but they're pretty bad too. A lot of times, but uh, they're a little more candid. Yes. But yeah. uh, some guy, they were taking calls, and some guy was just outraged. But well, that's not. I'm, you know, you get you get four 15-year-old kids from uh, Anaheim to go to a ball game because right. Shohei's pitching. Right. They want to see him hit two more times. That's fine. That's, that's a, a very small break with tradition. Yeah, and it's not a huge, it's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Baseball's got problems it needs to tackle. That's not one of them. No, that, uh, that. So the shift is gone next year, right? You can no longer. Yeah, have we decided what 
And they, they just said it's going. They haven't told us I, what the rules are yet. I feel like they're trying things out in the minor leagues. Yes. And right now, it's you have to stay on your correct side of the base and have your feet in the dirt. I but don't, I don't know that's going to be the th- rule. I, feet in the dirt ain't going to last. That's what I, yeah. I, I think it'll be. But stay on your side of the base. Stay on your side of the base, yeah. And the one thing and I do. when can you start moving? Oh, you can probably be I mean, moving as, as long as you're on your side of base, right? No, but what so I'm you saying can. is, when can I start well, breaking? You know what I second? want. My the most important. When do thing? I have to? When do I have to be? Right. If I'm lined up with second base. Yes. When do I have to still be there? I mean, because because as soon as he releases the ball, can I haul ass over to the well, other side of the field? The one that I hate and, and that's going to be gone now is the one of putting your third baseman in right field, for instance. Yes, which will be gone. That's what I want gone. The, the second baseman. No, so, no, like 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 the Padres oh. would shift at times Machado into right field. He would play shallow. Yeah. He would play basically like softball. He'd yeah. play shallow right field. So this will take you, you. You can't use the extra outfielder then either in the uh, trying to protect that run and uh, you know when the sacrifice fly will win the game. Oh, uh, five man infield and things like that. No, the five man infield. Can you? Oh, I suppose you can still you play can the do five that. man five man infield, but the same rules will apply to him. He'll have to have his feet in the. But I'm with you. I don't think feet in the dirt's going to last. Uh, I got to repeat my favorite all time five man infield story. Mock. Oh, Smalley and I talk about this once a summer. Mock took eight minutes to set it up, right? He got guys coming. He's waving. He looks like he looks like a conductor at the New York Philharmonic. And he's got them coming in. And he's got, oh, no, uh, move. You're no, you're no, over there another two feet. And this guy and this guy and two outfielders and where they perfectly positioned. He gets back in the dugout. He turns around, and Dave Johnson throws the ball up against the screen, and the guy runs in from third base. <laughs> one of my five favorite base. I loved Bach, but it was one of my five favorite baseball <laughs> moments. I hauled my fat arse downstairs to try to get to the locker room to beat him, and he was already sitting there, and he's a he, he, go down to his baseball underwear and sit there with a cigarette and a drink. I said, nice strategy, Skip. But he said, he just bumbled under his breath. It was the greatest. It was the greatest. Smalley's out there at shortstop with his glove. <laughs> out there at shortstop with his glove in his face laughing his ass off. That and the Dan Ford one. Yeah. Oh, Dan, Dan disco, Ford. disco. Disco was so enthusiastic, waving home Jose from second, he forgot to score from third. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And the great thing is they happened to mock who took the game more serious than anybody who's ever managed, who took defeat harder than anybody of all time, and who not only had the cruelty of that, but he had the cruelty of the 64 Phillies collapse. Yep. He had the cruelty of the 82 Angels. Oh, God, yeah. And then, you know, blowing the lead to Milwaukee. And then, you know, being up 2-0, coming home, losing three to Milwaukee. And then he had 85 with when they're three ahead 3-1. to one. 
and uh, and the Red Sox win the last three, and he never made it to a World Series. And and you know his relief pitcher who blew that game, Donnie Moore, ended up committing suicide a few years later. Right? So, uh, yeah, nobody. I mean, he was. I mean, talk about star-crossed. I told you that. Uh, my beloved Aunt Peggy had died in uh, 2002. So she, her funeral was on a Friday, which was the first game of the Angels-Twins game out, the the first L.A. Game, Anaheim game, but I stayed for the funeral. So I wouldn't be there for game three, and it was tied 1-1 of the ALCS that year. And you remember that ALCS because we haven't been back. Yep. But, uh, but uh I called up, so I called up Mock to get a column, you know. And uh, I said, are you going to the game? He said, nope. If they lose, they'll blame it on me. <laughs> said Mock, he said, Autry wanted it. I think Autry was, was uh, no, not Autry. Jackie, he was a buddy of Jackie Autry's. Jackie was running it then. Autry was dead. But she wanted him to come, and they were even going to introduce him or something. He said, nope, I'm not coming if they lose it. If they lose it, they'll blame it on me. <laughs> you might not be wrong. No. Yeah. Would have been. So he was what? Phillies, Expos, Twins, Angels? Phillies, Expos, Twins, Angels. Two different times with the Angels. Remember, he, they brought That's him right. back. They brought him back at 85. He'd quit in like 84. That's he came right. back in 85. It was funny, though. Um, in uh, 70, in 80 here, they were having a terrible year. And, and, uh, and he was, you could see he was, you know, Calvin had driven him crazy because they'd let everybody leave and, you know. Yeah. And because uh, they, you know, he had that 77 team and then everybody left and 80. That team, the 81 team, 80-81, I think are the two worst teams, Twins teams ever. 81 didn't get, we didn't get our full appreciation because of the strike. And they ended up. Remember, they had they weren't as rotten in the they second. Printing playoff tickets. They were printing. They were allowed playoff. to they print were, playoff they tickets. They were awful. I remember. They were yeah. awful. And uh, reopening day. What are you talking yeah, about? Uh, with about six thousand people. But uh, but you know it's funny. They. I was sitting in. The, we, there was about three of us sitting in the dugout with them somewhere on a road trip. And the twins had made an effort to bring him back and Howard Fox wanted to keep him. And, uh, and he was telling us in the dugout semi off the record, but, but you know, not really that he was, yeah, I'm probably going to come back. Blah, blah, blah. And two days later, he went back to Anaheim. Two days later, he quit. He quit in season. Sometime in August. Yeah. Yeah. He quit in August. And, uh, I think, I think Autry called him. Okay. I think Audrey called him and said, hey, I remember you that can, he, you can be our manager. I think I was at the game. I think they played like Detroit or something yeah. at Met Stadium and yeah. then post game he quit. But, but the, uh, I think we might have written mock plans to return stories. And about two days later, he was back. And maybe they saw that out in LA and, and Audrey loved him. And I think Audrey might have called well, him and said, Hey, we're going to get rid of the Fergosi here so you can have the job in 81. So. And Gene spent some cash back then, and Calvin didn't. Mm-hmm. So, Such tells a story. My favorite story, though, is Such, Such goes out to see him in an offseason. I can't remember what the occasion was. This was after Gene was no longer managing them. 
Such and he loved Such. He was he loved Such's lack of baseball background, you know, because because the famous thing is uh, he's he's rattling off comparison. Butch Weininger, he says he could be another Gabby Hartnett or something, and Joe says. Who's Ga- who, <laughs> who the bleep is Gabby Hartnett? And that was the first time Mock took a heat off, hit off his cigarette and said, Joe, you're ours and we ain't trading you. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. So he was, so Joe, he was tight with Joe, but Joe went out to see him and Joe had a cold and went out to see him in Rancho Mirage and he wouldn't let Joe come in. He made him interview him from outside and through the screen because he didn't want to catch his cold. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was uh, he was paranoid about that. But I had some great interviews with him in the off season by calling him at the men's grill and at Rancho Mirage, like at six o'clock his time, looking for some information because he'd go play golf and have lunch. And then they'd get done playing golf and they'd play cards and have toddies. And he'd, you know, he'd you get a few drinks at him and he'd give you some information and he'd come to the phone. I'd talk to him for 20 minutes, you know, while he was playing cards in the men's grill at, uh, oh, what a life. What it was golf cards. Oh, yeah. He, really good golfer, you know, and, uh, because he played a lot, but, uh, it was, uh, yeah, he was, I was thinking today, Interesting cats that I've covered. He's top five for sure. Yeah. We're TK too, of course. That's what I was going to say. Different kind of animal. Different kind. Okay. Of, you know, different kind of guy, but but two probably the two best baseball men I've ever been around. But in a different. What, you know, what's the different, biggest difference between them? Or what was the biggest uh, difference with Mock? I think Eagle. I, I Mock was more. Mock was. Mock, but Mock was, I don't want to say sensitive, but he was more, uh, what was it? He was more uh, certain of his infallibility, <laughs> you know, that, that if he made a baseball decision, it was the right decision. Right. And TK also had that certainty, but didn't, didn't wear it on his sleeve like, you know, did players like TK more than Mock? I would guess so. Yeah, okay. at least the first generation. Right, that's the, right. the yeah, guys, not the, the last, not the not the uh, not Todd Walker, not the Todd Walker, no. Scott Stahoviak, uh, McCarty, Marty Cardova, blah blah blah. TK's intolerance for that crew was oh god, just great. It, was, it was really hard to suppress, wasn't it? It was just fantastic. Yeah. That would have been fun to cover. Yeah, yeah, it was because and one of their big problems was. The guys that he, except for Lombo, Lombo would have fit with that team, right? Mm-hmm. The later team, because Lombo was all about Lombo. And, <laughs> okay. and, and but, but the, that first bunch he had here, he'd had them in the minors and he was, right. they were his kind of guys, you know? Yeah, they, they were, were great. They, they were rolling the dirt, you know? Pizza eating, you know, beer yeah, drinking. Wayne Hathaway produced, you know, uh, and and then the later guys were like, "What's in it for me?" kind of guy. But poor Todd Walker didn't have a chance from the start because we had the problem of management drafting him number one and thinking he was going to be the answer from second base, and 
Kelly saw somebody hit five ground balls to him and didn't want him to ever play second base for him. So it was... Uh, Kelly's ability to pick that out instantaneously <laughs> oh, yes. had to be one of the most yes. interesting things about him. Yes, yeah. That's uh, that's uh, the famous Dark Star story. When How about the Japanese Dark lands his plane? They haven't played an exhibition game yet. Mock Kelly picks him up at the airport. Uh, hey, how's it looking to you so far, TK? Oh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Japanese kid can't play. <laughs> Hadn't played yet. Hadn't played yet. So when you're signing a guy from Japan, want to know if he can play or not, put Kelly on a plane. Hey, you might want to ask Kelly. No, just show him the video that <laughs> yeah, they watched. Right, yeah. The YouTube stuff. Yes. Yeah, who's that was... Uh, hey, you think this guy can play TK? No? Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, right. You just saved me. I, I've told you this one too, but the day they 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 were they brought it they hired Ruben Sierra, they brought in Ruben Sierra right, and it was going to be an extra bat, but they wanted to find a some place they could play him in the field, and they were going to have him play first base. And I was over at that little half field there next door, and he hit him ground balls for about seven eight minutes, and finally he said, Ruben. You're no more interested in me hitting you ground balls than I am hitting them to you. Let's just call it a day. <laughs> Let's just call it a day. Okay. You don't want to do this, and I don't want to do this if you don't want to do this. So let's just call it a day. And Ruben goes walking back to that. I didn't cover him, but he must have been the best non-sufferer of fools. Oh, yeah, he is. I told you the one story about a, a woman who's now trying to become prominent in local sports, who shall go unnamed, is down there for, this is 25 years ago at least. And and she's asking, I happen to be standing there, and she has a microphone with her, and I, I don't want to say it because you're a woman because the same thing happened with men, but she started asking these reasonably absurd questions, you know. And I start to walk away and he grabs me. <laughs> he got like uh, this subtle grab of like, you ain't leaving. <laughs> Ask me a question so I can get out of this. Way. <laughs> you know, but that was the message without saying that. But uh, yeah, he was, he's, uh, he's, he's a, a unbelievably interesting guy. And all you have to know is when they honored him for his, what, a thousandth game, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it his thousandth game as manager they were honoring him, or was it some victory they were honoring him for? Mm -hmm. And he had the guy he had throw out the honorary first pitch was his fellow dog, was the dog handicapper from St. Croix Meadows who showed up in jeans and a, and a pair of, you know, boots, basically. What the hell is that guy's name? I think they had a falling out after a while, but uh, but he had that guy, you know, because he thought it was silly to even have it because, you know, it's just a number and, you know, right. that was that was also in the midst of the, the downturn. Right. You know, the the in, the incredible downturn that uh, they had uh, for you know you know it's very interesting to look back at the nineties and say was that a good decade or a terrible decade right yeah because ninety one they won the World Series yeah. ninety two they great they had a, maybe their best team and it blew it yep and then you're awful yep and you set up a decade of basically well eight years two thousand one they came back but. Uh, but uh, and it's like the next decade, 
It is bizarre. It's a great decade. Yep. But people can't, they don't like it as a great decade because they lost all the playoff games. I think the World Series in the 90s has to put you over the top, yeah, right? probably, yeah. But no, I, I don't think playoff appearances do that, so. But, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't quite like the playoff appearances. They never used a wild card to get there, right? In the in the yeah, in the two thousand, right. yeah, they, they the never su- used a yeah, wild card, the and they won six yeah, division yeah. titles, and they played in another game, one eighty three, and then oh one was like the turnaround. Yep. So eight of those, nine of those ten seasons, eight of those seasons were pretty damn good, right? Yep. So I think we'd take it now. Back then, where we were looking for a little more then. So hey, so Mr. Puck, how about your go for men's hockey team? Two wins away from your prediction coming true. That's right. I was trying to find that tweet so I could retweet it, but it was too far. I, I made that prediction so long ago. Yeah. Well, and I did. And I so thought you're crazy. Accurately, yes. I can't find it now. So uh, somebody got to find Justin Lafontaine now and say, "Young God. man, how's it going in uh, God. I think Charlotte? I think he's with the Checkers." God, did they look good against Western Michigan? They got some players, man. Well, yeah. Nice and uh, Myers. Myers. Myers gets a free agent, Pat. I know. I know. Favor. That guy's great. Yeah, The other, and when they they got Lacombe in here, he was going to be the best of the bunch. No, Favor. They got three great defensemen. They had two, three great defensemen. And up front, they're that. Canise is big. Yeah, I, I, I think big. Toronto's going to sign him. Myers is big. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, they're going to Toronto might sign him. I mean, him the guys, the the way they were talking about him on the broadcast was almost lascivious. It was almost like they were in love. Yeah, he's, you know they couldn't. Uh, Bucciagras, who of course can't can't say one sentence that's not fawning over college hockey, but the the. The guy who's his color comment? Who's his analyst? You Barry know? Melrose. Yeah, Melrose. And no, then, but not not the other guy. Yeah, he had. Um, it, oh he yeah, he won a national title two or three years ago. Because Melrose doesn't talk as much. No, you know? he doesn't. Well, he knows nothing about college hockey. No, no, but between the three of them, they were just unbel- And then they t- go to the between period break, and those guys are talking about this guy, this kid too. Like, you know, he's the MVP of the world in their opinion. So where's he from? Uh, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Wooger wouldn't have had that guy well, here. The my, hell with him. Myers played at Delano. When's the last time in my I, I Delano out, didn't produce hockey players? I when went I was, out and did a piece on him when he was like a junior, saying because I'm the kids Mr. Puck. No, it was one of those moments when I'm looking for a column and I said Delano's good in hockey. Yep. Yeah, that's what I said. You know how the hell that happened? So I went out there. Yeah. And and he was their star. I think he was a junior. But it was like, it was like you know, it wasn't like I'd been following his career. It was one of those moments where you, Delano leads some kind. Huh? Delano? I didn't even know they had hockey. I just love the fact that the backup goalie who couldn't play, couldn't get yeah. into a game to save his life, is now going to the Frozen Four. Yes, yes. Because the, Car- I, the Carolina Hurricanes did the Gophers a favor. Yeah. Well, yeah, because LaFontaine wasn't playing as good not this, this year as no. he did last year. And they, you know, they all tell us this. Oh, yeah, he's great. We don't have any problems. But they were all telling the, the, the rally around the guy. But, I mean, they like LaFontaine. 
Yeah, there wasn't personal. I think he just Lafonte, wasn't well. he was like 25 or something. This kid's 23, but he's a. I talked to him for 15 minutes over there one day. He's a good kid. He's a, you know, kind of a fun kid. He's, you know, he, I asked him where he's from, and, you know, this town up there, and he says, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, two hours south of Turtleford, which has the biggest turtle in Canada, <laughs> a statue, you know, just to, just to have some fun of we're describing it. Right. Saskatchewan, though. But he's from a town of 4,500 that has a junior team in that league. That's why I love that hockey. Has a, has a junior team in that league. And I said, how can you have a junior team? And he said, yeah, they just all come out and watch it. You know, the whole town, there's 4,500. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you think about the farmland around there. You know where the farms are in Canada? They're all like a mile up. Correct. It's not like when we used to have farms out in southwest Minnesota. Your neighbors are a mile apart. Yeah, yeah at, least. at least. And it's prairie. It's yes. Cold. Yep. It's just, and it's cold yeah. all the time. <clears throat> yeah. And when I went out to Viking, we got, at a certain point, you get, a little way out of Edmonton, and you can see Toronto. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. You can you makes know. Iowa look hilly. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's just, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, and let's face it, we're all going to do the if they do happen to win it. Uh, Bob Motzko is going to have a hard time keeping his emotions in check. I would think. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean it, it, in no way we have not. We have not. This is. This is just a, you know, it's it, it's it's an aside that's more than an aside. It's it's amazing that this man who I have I have been around people suffering, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when I got to go over and sit down and talk to him after about a month after his son died, or whatever it was, the suffering was you know, really hard for somebody talking to him to take really, Yep. you know, I mean, the suffering was incredible. I mean, the family and the daughter and I mean, and, and to have them, but damn, they're good. And he has really got it going recruiting wise too. the kid that was going to Notre Dame's coming here and uh, he's going to lose a few now, but uh, they're back to getting the best players in the country. And being well coached, mm-hmm. he can coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's very good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen many of those weak side power play goals that he used to sneak in there. Uh, the the one that the, the power play goal they came came from the left side, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, from the left side, yeah. uh, what a shot! Whew. That well, that you're right. Their star, their star power, Ooh. their upper echelon star power is big yeah. time. Yes, it is. I mean, I watched the game. I'm not. I was. Everybody thought I was being a jerk because they're trying to jinx them. But I watched ten, fifteen minutes, and I they the Gophers are way better than this team. I don't care if they're one seed or two seed. And Western Michigan had a little pickup in the second period and, and played pretty good until they had that goal waved off, which you know the guy was offside. What the hell? And but, I mean, it was it was a mismatch. I thought, mm-hmm. didn't you? I mean, it was only two zero until did they get? Was the last one open net? I, yes, I, I yep. clicked over and they had it. Three so zero on, on an open I, net. On an open net. But no, it was really impressive. Yeah, and their their top guys and and Man, great. and Mankato's won twenty six out of twenty seven. And that goaltender, something. goaltender's great. But Mankato McKay, right? has no firepower. I would, Mankato's best team was 2000, and they got wiped out by COVID. That team was high-powered offensively. 
and they just had this. They still had this kid as quarter as Gold. as goal. Yeah, this kid's been a goaltender for. But he had had yeah. some kids from. He had two or three kids from Europe. A German kid that was fantastic. They had about, you know, they had two lines of goal scorers this year. They got that Nathan Smith and not my. I mean, they beat. They beat teams in their league two to one, three to one. Strip you know? going. Yeah, we're gonna go this time. Good. I, I, w- I would guess. I would guess RJ's going. So. Good. You know goaltending, Pat. What? All it takes is good goaltending. It does. That's all it right. takes. All you got to do is look at Lake Placid. I always said that. Those you purple know. cows. Yeah. Gotta look out for them. <laughs> oh, oh, they'll be good. But, yeah. but what they did to the Gophers last year, bang the crap out of them yeah. and beat them up physically. That they won't, won't, that that won't happen. happen. Yeah, and that that wouldn't work this time. So. No, no. Not, the, 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 it might be the other way around. You know. It'll be fun, though. I, I saw Mankato open the season against St. Cloud and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was a one-all game. Yeah, because uh, they, you know, they was, and and St. Cloud I thought had better skaters than uh, mm-hmm. than Mankato, but St. Cloud, St. Cloud re- regained their tradition of going out early, right? Uh, so, well, hey, they won a game. Okay, yes, they, they, they they got. Oh, there. that's right, they did. They, they, they got the regional championship. Go who, Huskies! Who uh, who uh, beat? Who they beat? St. Cloud. Yeah. Uh, Northeastern. Oh, that's it right. Boy, it wasn't uh, wasn't too good of a weekend for the uh, East, wasn't? Oh no, St. Cloud lost North. I'm sorry, they did. They, they did. They were one and done. You were yeah. correct. Yeah, no, I got that mixed up. But the, uh, the we, we got all West, right? Denver, Mankato, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, who? Michigan, Michigan. Yeah, and Michigan was up what four nothing before I was Quinnipiac knew it. Something. Like I was that. very <laughs> disappointed, however. That I tweeted, I tweeted out how great it is that I thanked Commissioner, ex-Commissioner Delaney and uh, and uh, Barry Alvarez for creating this Big Ten because we could get the Michigan-Minnesota rivalry back, the greatest rivalry of the early years of Western hockey. And uh, I got some feedback, but uh, the people read through it. Most of them knew it. I was just throwing a hand grenade out there to piss them yeah, off. Yeah, I don't think know. that's going to work as much now, too. Uh, the greatness of Big Ten hockey. I Let me just say this, though. It's no longer an excuse to stay away from Mariucci Arena, okay? Well, and, and that, the conference title game, game was packed. There. Yes. That was good to see. Mm-hmm. That was fun to watch that. I think if you win it, here's the... Uh, Here's the test of where Gopher Hockey is. If they win it, will we have a riot in Dinkytown? We will light start at a, Sally's. We'll light a couch on fire. Will we? No, but I mean the last throw it out in the road. Yeah, oh, no. two, oh, three. We had a little uh, drop. Yeah, we started a couple fires. We started some fires. We <laughs> I threw, don't know that qualifies anymore a, now. Like, what's tipped, a riot now? Yeah, right. We tipped Come over on. a couple of garbage. You know those. You know the big garbage waste yeah. bins. We tipped those over, but. Uh, I don't know. It'll, we'll we'll see. I think we will. I think we'll. No, I mean, I think we'll have some destruction. <laughs> Do you think they'll win but, it? Well, one of the. Do problems, you still think they'll win it? One of the problems is there's too many nice buildings around there now. They've gotten rid of a lot of these old dumps and build apartment well, buildings and stuff. And uh, you know, there, there's issues now on a weekend by weekend basis there as yes, well. Right. So what do yeah, we consider we get, to be we get some muggers. Hockey you know. destruction. Yes. I mean there's some guns pulled out there, so I just need you know, what's hockey destruction versus the ordinary yeah, Friday know, night revelry we now yes. see in Dinky Town. But I hope we have a at least show enough interest to have a you know, as you say, 
start a couple of small fires. Right? Couches, old couches. Old couches. There's plenty of old couches in these houses. Oh, God. Uh, Just don't let them too they, close to the houses. You know, it's funny on that. What side of, would that be the north side of uh, University in Dinkytown where they tore down that old McDonald's? If you go back in there. Yeah. You still got some old houses. Oh, across from from the athletic building. Yeah, there are yeah, some tinder boxes. We have there. not. Yes, those right. things would go up in a yes, heartbeat. That's. Uh, but there's, you know, over on the other side, downtown, it was. What's going in, in the place of the McDonald's and that sort of strip? I don't know, but there. how can you not have a McDonald's on a campus? I don't know. It's. I mean, what has the world come to, for well, God's sake? And you I, can't drive down Washington now. I was a student there a hundred years ago and ate at that McDonald's about. When the hamburgers oh, yeah. were twenty cents, you know? yeah. So yeah, and drunk too. So <laughs> well, a couple toddies in. Generally, I didn't do my drinking on campus. Really? Yeah. No. Back then, you didn't. No. no rarely. Oh, Christ. Or, I thought you would have been to the bar. I told there. you I lived Back in Saint, I lived in Saint Paul by my aunt and uncle for uh, for the first quarter I was there and. That wasn't going to work out. You didn't enjoy and the campus I love the two of them. I love the two of them, but uh, <laughs> they'd have the rosary every night about uh, 5.30, and they went to church every morning, and they were not prepared for a oh, young— The old-school Catholics. Uh, they, we were, they were not prepared for an 18-year-old who wanted to go out drinking with his buddies, you know. Church so. in the morning always amazed me. We It did. We had to alter boy for that once a year for the entire week. Get up at like six thirty and go and do it. Mm-hmm. Was what the ha- half hour? It, mm-hmm. it wasn't the full. I don't think we. Oh, no, they, uh, they could do them pretty well. They we didn't have a, minutes. There was no sermon. Right, exactly. There was no sermon, which is the key to life. No long winded. I'm telling no you, long winded guy. My church, yeah. no sermon. Yes, and the tenants would be so poor. Uh, communion took two minutes instead of. <laughs> they have you know. attendance problems. I don't think we should have communion at weddings or funerals, at, especially at weddings. I don't think we do, do we? I can't. I not if you to... do. Not if you don't do the full mass. Oh, okay. see, we did the full mass. Huge mistake. I'd like to oh, apologize yes, to this day. Right. Yes. I, I, I asked my friends for way too much on that mm-hmm. one. I'm not quite sure why we didn't do the quick service. Couple readings. Mm-hmm. Vegas, baby. Take the rib, all that good stuff. Declan. Then you're done. Wedding. Yes, sir. Wedding. Vegas, baby. I had, to, Vegas, I had to pull the plug on my Vegas trip in April, Pat. Vegas. No, don't you said go there and get married. Don't man. tell the girl when you end up getting married. Sure. Tell her, no, Vegas, no. baby. Or Italy. Anything. Well, actually, she's Italian, so this would work out Anything great. not. There's a bit of difference Anything in not to have the. Uh, oh, we're not doing a Catholic not mass. To do, no, anything not to do the big hall. with You end up picking up the tab for a 250-person wedding. Well, Stupid. Well, him. Stupid. It's her dad. Yeah, but you always have to kick in. Nah, the old days. You got to kick in now, right? Don't you, Declan? I, I think so. I, I don't know. kick in a thing. Are don't you kidding? Don't do it. Don't That's a deal it. breaker she right there. I got, dead, I got dead parents, but not a lot of dead parent money, so I got to figure out a way to, to <laughs> You got to negotiate that, yeah, exactly, man. If, exactly. if, she's not, if daddy's not picking up the bill, I'm out. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Go to Italy. You know, I've had relatives Italy, who went to God. Italy. You go to Italy, you get whatever living parents there are to come over there, and you get married on some beautiful vineyard looking over this incredible valley, and yeah, it's the time of your life. You take pictures, and she has her best girlfriend there, and you have your best buddy, and that's it. You don't <laughs> have to do all that other crap. Because you know what? You spend $40,000. 
and the day starts at nine in the morning and it ends at midnight and that's it. It's gone. Yeah. There's nothing left. It's gone. But somebody made a lot off you. Mm-hmm. Vegas cost me. Well, Vegas is actually, I yeah. Cost me 50 bucks plus an extra 20 for the limo. But that was at what age? Well, that was the second time. Yeah, the second time. Well, yeah, yeah I, I ain't gonna. 50, I would never go through this again. Fifty bucks. <laughs> you know who else got married in the same place I did? Michael Jordan. Yeah, so if it's good enough for <laughs> yes, him, Jay. Right. Yes, he might have had a few more of the extras at the little white yeah, yeah, chapel. but still, it's the he same place. Got in out of there for two hundred bucks. You know who else got married there? Bruce and Demi. Really? Bruce and Demi got married there. These people, they're rich because they. Pay attention to their money. They don't screw it away. Well, on and weddings. they know that they're going to be divorced several times. Yeah, they don't throw it away on weddings. Yeah, they don't throw it away on weddings. That's right. Because they they got they had what a couple kids, then they got divorced, and now mm-hmm. she's married to Ashton Kutcher. She's got Rumor, and well, one of the kids was Willow. Rumor, Rumor, and Willow. Right, and hey, that might be more than that. If you get if you're the if you're the child of a rich Hollywood company. A companion couple, you're going to have a good marriage. You're going to have a, you know, comforts, comforts, but you're going to have a bad name. Yeah, you're going to get stuck with a weird <laughs> you're name. You're going to have a really bad name. You're going to have a really bad name. That's uh, that's true. So, Declan, Italy, you or got it. Vegas. I, you love, got it. I love the difference in the price points here. <laughs> yeah, well, but Vegas, Italy, Italy is more Italy. fun. I, that's one of my. He's great Italian, so I, I think I can. Make well, if Dad will, if Dad will pay Mom for and that, Dad yeah. Yeah, yeah, she don't have to pay for that. You can pay for your own Italy wedding for yeah. God's sake. We'll yeah. see. And let them. Throw Are you it. officiating? We do need an officiator. Let I, them I, throw five grand. Judd, can you officiate? Can you get the test? I out? can officiate. No. All right, Pat will no, officiate. No, you got to pass a test to officiate. What do you mean? Yeah, you, you got to go through you training. Got, you got to go through a class, and it's actually very achievable, Pat. I've heard it's not what hard. Would, well, what would oh, it's be not the hard, class? But I still wouldn't do it. I think you just got state gotta, law, so you know state law. Well, and you also have to like be free too. certified, I think, yeah. to be a to be a pastor or, or I don't know what they call it officially. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's doable. But I wouldn't do it. Sorry, Declan. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but I would say if if he if doesn't pay, if I'm you're out. doing it in Italy, I go with you and do the. Yeah, you charge him to go. No, I wouldn't. I would go. I want to go to Italy. I can't. Okay. Trouble is, my wife and I don't want to go to Italy now because there's too many hills. <laughs> We're afraid yeah. of walking up the hills. Travel, you know? that's also not. You a- know, it, you can't call a guy over and say, hey, uh, cabbie, drive me up there 100 yards away. <laughs> you, know, you can't. Cabbie. You got to. <laughs> Uber guy. Uber. Uber in uh. Italy. It's like when my son, Chris, got hammered at... Uh, <laughs> Jim's wedding, his brother Jim's wedding, and the night before, those guys were completely out of control because you had Marines. Oh, God. And then you had buddies from Minnesota, right? Yep. And they were there for one intention, you know, to... <laughs> yeah. Chris was wanted to... Couldn't find the hotel. He wanted to get back to the hotel. He got in the cab, and the guy, he said, take me to such and such a hotel, and the guy pointed. He said, it's Right there. It's like 100 yards. And he says, take me to the bleeping hotel. <laughs> you know, he didn't. He, he just got, had the 100-yard cab ride, you know. Uh-huh. From, from a, well, as long as you throw him a 10 or 20 or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, have Uber back then. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, was uh, that was a wedding. 
That was a wedding. Marines and oh god, uh, I bet it was. And Hash Harriers, which is this running club, yeah, that's all around the world, and they their motto is. We're a drinking club with a running problem. problem? <laughs> yeah. And, I like uh, it. And there was some, uh, I told you that story, but one of the guys named Dirtbag <laughs> was one of the guys whose hasher nickname. And Jim's doing this sentimental conversation up there of kind of paying tribute to his dead grandparents and other things. And he said, and for everyone who can't, who, uh, for all of those people who couldn't be here today, and Dirtbag yells out, bleep them! <laughs> and all hell broke loose. That was the last, that was the last moment of civility in the entire wedding. That sounds like my type of wedding. <laughs> yes, it was, well, plus it's on Waikiki Beach, so. Well, help. That had, I mean, it was on a hotel on the Waikiki Beach, so that helped. What else we got? <clears throat> we went long today. I, I think we've. I think we have run the gamut, as they say. Of we all have possible, run some gamut. Well, of all, we we we've had to push Monday Night Sports Talk back to Wednesday because the Rooks now got a different schedule, apparently. So, uh, and Reavers is somewhere on a beach. So, I, as I t- told you before, he's on Pluto, which yeah. is where he <laughs> yeah, always right. is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who was that? Was uh, that was the. Uh, that was the always the line about Terry Pluto, the columnist in Cleveland, and before oh, yeah. that he was in Dayton or somewhere. Yep. Who wrote, I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was Randy Youngman from uh, from Orange County wrote. The only man whose last name and address are the same. <laughs> he did the great uh, ABA book. ABA book. Yeah, That's a great book. Okay. Last question: Who's watching Winning Time? HBO Max. I, st- I still Definitely gotta, started. I, I, I still got to get back. Uh, oh, you got it right. HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's, it's great. really <clears throat> yeah, off the chart, off the hook, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and John C. Riley is as uh, Jerry Buss is just. Uh, but they and the guy and they play Jerry West mm-hmm. as insane, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know. Jerry Buss was insane in a good way because he liked women and drink and being a celebrity. But West is like haunted in this thing. And somebody, I talked to somebody and they said, eh, it ain't far from the truth. He apparently was a dour, dour guy. Really? Who was still haunted by the so fact it, they lost. We're talking about Jerry team. West? Jerry West. Okay, is, so not Jerry Buss. Uh, Jerry West. No, John C. Riley plays him as a complete maniac. You okay. Know, all he cares about is women and. But they were very really? graphic. Yeah. Oh, huh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that, that's fame. You know, wearing the 70s disco clothes. Oh, God, o- yeah. Open, you know, has this fat little body and he's open to the chest and got holes hanging out all the time, you know, all around him, young ladies. And, and, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty damn good. It's, uh, it's pretty good. They, uh, they play magic. Magic Cookie is still going to college through episode four, and he's still who he ended up marrying. But uh, and I think Magic wasn't happy with the project. I think I saw something about oh, yeah. that. He well, didn't. Oh, oh, I'm sure that none of them, you know, none of them are can be because it it plays them off all as you know maniacs. But uh, it's good. I, I, all right, I've enjoyed it so far. I'll catch so, it. All righty. All right, sir. Talk to you. If you have questions about your retirement savings, do what I did and work with a person that knows what the heck is going on. Uh, Work with Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. 
My guy, Josh, will give you straight talk and not sugar-coated advice. Learn how you can benefit from Josh's focused approach by setting up your own no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute consultation to review your investments. Call Josh now, 952-925-5608. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.